Hello and welcome to 25 Cents, an Apple Arcade podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode we'll be talking about the Apple Arcade games we've tried, what we keep going back to, what we think might be great games to check out if you've got kids, and preview upcoming games. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.fm. <laughs> talking slowly to try and get to the queue. Because <laughs> I changed screens. Okay. All right, welcome back. We're uh, episode number five of 25 Cents. I, I joked in somewhere, I said it's like the half a 50 cent fan podcast that we play, we do each week, <laughs> catching up with what 50 cents <laughs> is up to. That's true. You you are in the musical podcast uh, world. Yeah, I was. I, I retired actually from the YouTube podcast, so they're continuing on without me. That's why I had to start a 50 cent podcast, half of one anyway. <laughs> So, all right, bad, bad jokes aside, uh, last episode we decided to play over the holiday break. Hope your, how was your, your break, by the way, your holidays? It's, it was good. I, I took some time off. Um, we hosted Christmas. My family's mostly local, so ev- everyone came over here. My wife's mom was up. Um, we saw her sister as well, you know, just kind of relaxing, getting some time in to, you know, really spend more time with my son, which I don't get to do during the day on a normal on a normal weekday, um, so playing some games, uh, you know, a little little more screen time than when school is on. Yeah, I joked on Twitter or wherever that was that I posted that that's um, getting a our kids pooled their money, Christmas money and, and birthday money and stuff, and actually managed to pick up a switch over the holidays here on a deal, and uh, and so that definitely cut into what I would anticipating was going to be you know a bit of we have an xbox so a bit of xbox time but also like hey kids here's the apple arcade stuff we've been i've been messing around with why don't you give it a try and then the switch came along and was like uh yeah no no time or interest for anything on a small little screen right it it, it sucked all the air out of the game room yeah. as it were <laughs> yeah exactly but uh although funny enough i small screen my my son one son is like way more fascinated with playing fortnite on the switch pull up like a uh, handheld than on a what I forget what a fifty-two inch or whatever TV that we have. Somehow it's like he's oh, he's assumed he he's insisting that it pl- he plays better on the Switch. Which more power to him if he does. Um, but yeah, it's, it gets pretty tiny on that screen, at least for my old eyes. So, um, but yeah, last episode we decided to play over the break. What the golf? Which is a air quotes golfing simulator. It's a very loosely. It's it's more inspired by mini golf than anything, obviously. Uh, what were your you you played it a bit beforehand, I think, before we did this. But how how did you make out with it? How what's your thoughts on what the golf? Yeah, so I think this was one of the ones that was in some of their launch promotion stuff for Apple Arcade. So I had tried it a bit um, now a couple of months ago, but I got back into it uh, for for their Advent Calendar event, which I must have still had it installed on my phone because I got you know, a push notification like, Hey, you know, special levels. So I was working my way through those when we decided to, to play it. And, um, now I've been going back to the main, uh, game to unlock more levels and, and with a real focus on, you know, each level has sort of the base version and then two additional challenges to get a little crown, which unlock, um, special areas. Um, so yeah, it, it was a lot of, it's a lot of fun. It's very, silly and weird like you really don't know what you're going to get on any given level yeah i found initially when i was playing for the through the first few levels which i now looking back in hindsight are more of like introduction to the the mechanics of the game and what what it'll be i was like this is really easy silly 
and which is like it's fun to have a silly game but just like felt really basic easy and silly more like a something that you give a three-year-old to distract them while you're in line at the in the states at the dmv or whatever or, or uh, yeah in line somewhere anyways um but then the levels do like it ramps up fairly quickly i guess not in terms of overall diff- like it's still simple enough to do but you do have to like have a bit of planning and forethought into how you're going to get this whatever object it is that you happen to be golfing with that time uh to the hole or to whatever the thing is <laughs> each time and and even just figuring out what it is that you're actually going to be hitting or moving is kind of part of the, the game each time each level that uh is is kind of fun i found and and just kind of interesting in terms of how they decided to build that game and then and also building like the sort of levels or world that you're rolling through i guess uh, uh as you go along and unlocking multiple three different difficulty levels per sort of mini bigger level i guess um i don't know how would you describe like the that mechanic yeah so there's sort of this um to borrow a term from i think the zelda games there's this overworld map of a laboratory with some you know standard computer evil computer kind of setup and it is running experiments maybe portal style uh involving golf and you are somehow a part of those experiments so every after you clear every several levels that usually have a a cohesive theme you can then have this little boss fight against the computer Mm -hmm. um that's usually like one to five ish little phases and then the computer blows up that terminal and you you move on to the next area of the of the overworld um so like i just was finishing the bowling area so it kind of looked like some bowling lanes were set up inside the lab but the the pin was at the end of each lane and then when you went in the mechanic was different because you were golfing with a bowling ball and instead of you know flinging your ball as far as you could you had to time your release for the character was always winding the bowling ball around and if you release wrong it would fly up in the air or fly behind you so that was kind of an interesting variation and in general whatever they've done with the underlying physics engine, they have a lot of flexibility with how they build levels, which I thought was really interesting. And it seems like they could pretty much recombine it with any sort of object interaction going forward. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was neat how like you'd, you'd look at a level and I'm trying to, I'm blanking right now, of course, but like, it was like you're going to hit the ball, but actually you were moving the chairs or the table or the t- like other objects were actually the thing that you were going to move. And then it actually did feel, it was satisfying in terms of how they had implemented that, like you said, in the physics engine within the game and, and various ways of sort of getting the thing and even mixing up whether you were trying to like avoid getting something in a hole or which I think is a play on the, I never played that game, the whole game or the donut hole or whatever that one game was where you had to like sort of suck everything into the hole. Did you ever play that one? Um, oh, uh, donut County. Donut County. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah. 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 I played that one. And, and lots of fun kind of just picking up on the little parodies they did of other games throughout that would randomly pop up as well. Um, I was actually surprised at how, uninterested this is pre-switch so the sort of pre-switch post-switch <laughs> life spot or timeline in my family a, a new era in yeah, the household exactly uh but i was surprised how un uninterested my kids were in the game i thought they would actually be like i gave it to my son to play when we were at a christmas gathering with some friends that there was nobody for him to play with and so it's kind of like have at it just play and uh and yeah he kind of messed with it for a bit he went to actually back to uh what we did in episode two or three i forget uh lego 
Brawls. Brawls, yeah. Kind of played that one for a while. And a bit of the rink one was kind of more where he landed, I guess, just a little more action-oriented than than the golf one. Because um, it is, at its core, it's kind of like once you get into the game, it's a, it's a puzzle game. And you're trying to unlock and figure out how to solve a puzzle wrapped in a golf mechanic, kind of. Yeah, I think um, at one point I ran into some flavor text on one of the computer terminals that was just uh, number 42, everything is golf. <laughs> and that seems to be a good kind of summary of the game is somehow we're going to make everything golf like right. and, um, you know, have all these references to other puzzle type games. Um, there was one level that was kind of angry birds. Um, yeah, there's a flappy which is bird a game. One. Yeah, there's a flappy bird one. There's kind of a co-op running one. Um, and, and many others there, there's one, there's like a bullet time game that came out a yeah. couple years ago and there was a level like that. Um, so, so there, the, the developers are well versed in games that are out there and have figured out a way to kind of stamp those into a, a nice succinct little puzzle summary reference to that, to that game, which is if you've played some of those games, that can be an additional fun component. Yeah. Um, do you think you'd, you kind of work through all the levels eventually? I think eventually it'd be, it'd be a fun one just to, like, I mean, I'll leave it on my phone and, and yeah, pull it up and play a level or two if I'm waiting in line at the somewhere or, or whatever. And it's an easy one to just like, you know, you're not going to, again, kind of like we've said, I've said before anyways, of like, is this a deep emotional investment for a game or is it just like a quick play a level and then drop out and you don't have to really remember what you did before. And so to me, it's a fun one and kind of just slowly over time, unlock it, unlock the game and, and get to it's maybe hundred percent. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but presumably as they add more events and special events and things like that, then I guess the content or whatever keeps increasing. So whether I would actually ever get to hundred percent, I guess we'd see, we'll see, but how about you? Yeah, I think, um, unlike, Unlike some of the other games we've played, I, I do see myself eventually, you know, slowly working my way through. When I'm in the mood for this type of game, I'll I'll revisit it, you know, play five or ten levels in a go, maybe then not touch it again for a few weeks. And I think that's one of the advantages of arcade in general is that you don't feel that sense of, oh, I've got to finish this game because I spent this money up front. I can just drop in whenever, as long as my subscription is still valid. Mm-hmm. Um my my son, I think it, the difficulty level is a little high for a six-year-old on most of the puzzles. But he loves the goofier elements of it, you know, especially when they do the, the ragdoll physics where you're actually like golfing your whole character down the course. He yeah. thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so it's it's one that if if he won't play certainly i can play with him to entertain him yeah because it is finicky like in terms of you can't see obviously you're just listening but it is a bit like the touch sensitiveness of how strong your golf stroke would be or whatever i mean obviously it's not always a golf club but whatever it is it is finicky and so if you're a kid or somebody you know struggling with sort of preciseness you do have to occasionally be a little more accurate than other times because your ball or whatever will go off the playing field or hit too far into the water or whatever and you have to start over um it's very forgiving in that regard like there's you're not going back and having to redo a massive level i don't unless there's stuff that i didn't get to yet that does it ever get much longer than at like a five to ten minute puzzle if at most no and and the levels that have multiple stages you don't have to redo the whole thing you just Mm -hmm. if you're stuck on a stage you're just stuck on that part uh one one that i had difficulty with when one of the bowling ones is you had to 
kind of zigzag past an exploding barrel with several bowling balls and, you know, lining that maneuver up with a limited number of, of shots was very difficult. Yeah. Uh, it took me, I don't know, 30 tries, 40 tries, but also each try is 10 seconds. So, um, yeah, so like it's, and I I think our other part of it was like, would you replay it? Which I think is kind of, I've kind of answered anyways. And, and you've more or less said too, like you'd, you'd pull it out. The the one thing as far as notifications, do you, I don't generally give games notifications on the device. Like I don't, I just don't trust them. And maybe Apple arcade games kind of would have a little bit more, um, respect or enforced respect maybe for <laughs> notifying you about new stuff. And as opposed to like, Hey, there's a new thing you can buy. So come buy it or whatever, which other games tend to like abuse. Um, but, uh, so I, I know it's you, I know I've seen you mention like there's a new event or whatever in the game and I miss that cause I don't have notifications turned on. Um, so does that prove bothersome to you or is it over the pot or too much or is it fine? Yeah, so far I've I've allowed arcade games to have notifications on. Most of the games that we've been trying, if they're ones where you kind of play through it once and you've experienced it, you know, that doesn't seem like there's going to be more content. I generally have been uninstalling those games afterwards anyway. Mm-hmm. I have left notifications on. I think the noisiest one so far has been Tint, but that's just because they've released a level pack about every three or four weeks. So pretty infrequent. Uh, and, and definitely not my habit with other games, especially some of the free to play games I've played in the past, the, the notifications are, yeah, you daily quest or log in to get a thousand coins or, or that sort of thing. It's, it's generally been just for updates. Mm -hmm. And I noticed, um, in the arcade section of the store now, there's a, one of the sections is updates you may have missed, I think. And so there was one noting that um, uh, mini highways, no, is that, is that what, not mini metro, oh, was yeah. updated with like some tuning changes and it noted the new levels for tint and it, it, it has a, a few games have gotten updates since they came out. So Apple is themselves promoting the fact that these games are not just necessarily static yeah yeah sorry <laughs> finally found the just triggered the uh doomsday vault trailer in the apps apple arcade store that we were going to talk about here uh oh. couldn't find it anywhere on the web but um before we get there those so um moving on to kids corner you we had kind of like i alluded to obviously the switch thing and that kind of distracts from from uh any apple arcade mobile gaming that we were doing um anything that's been on the kids radar for you and your your son yeah so obviously mostly distracted by new uh, Christmas uh, items, most of which were, were physical items like books and, and uh, building toys and, and board games from various relatives slash us slash Santa. <laughs> uh, one non-arcade acquisition, uh, I think I mentioned on maybe episode two or three that he's been really itching for simulation style games. You know, that's kind of the the style he likes where you're just kind of building things with a toolkit and there aren't really a lot exactly like that in arcade yet. There's one or two maybe that qualify. So I picked up pocket city for three bucks. It was one I had missed. Mm. It's, you know, it's a nice lightweight Sim city clone, uh, that has a sandbox mode where you can set, you know, infinite money, no disasters and just kind of, 
play around, build your city, build the high level buildings, whatever you want. And so he's been enjoying that uh, during his added holiday screen time. <laughs> Is that like, how does it compare for SimCity purists or whatever? Is it deep enough or intense enough or whatever for that, something like that, or city skyline is the more current sort of iteration that a lot of people play. Um, I don't know if you've played either of those lately, but I, I, I have, it's, it's a lot simpler than city skylines. Uh, complexity wise, it's around SimCity 2000 level, uh, except you don't even have to worry about terrain. You know, it's just, uh, things are built or not zoned or not. And they've, they've made some good simplifications for touch, um, so that, that is a, you know, a, one of, I think one of my first purchases of a new iOS game since going all in on arcade, because I've been trying to be like, well, let's see what's new on arcade. You know, that's <laughs> no need to, no need to get a bad, uh, IAP based game or, or spend $5 if we're, if we're spending $5 a month. But in this case, it, it was definitely a, you know, there's this missing genre on arcade mm-hmm. right now, uh, at least at least for, for his current interests that I wanted to try to accommodate. And, uh, any other games that you've. Yeah. Yeah. So, so board games are a big one in our family. So there's definitely some, some Christmas, uh, related board games, uh, uh, continuing in the same vein of building things being his current interests. Uh, we picked up a copy of mega city Oceania, which we had tried out using the games library at our local game store. You know, you can just drop in and play stuff for free and that is a, you know, you, you're trying to build the tallest building of the right materials and slide it carefully into place without knocking any of anything else over, uh, on your turn kind of thing. It's, it's a fun one. And okay with kids too, just, uh, like, so, uh, my, my son is pretty into strategy games, so he's definitely playing sort of above his age level a little bit because he's played enough with me that, you know, he's picked up some of the elements. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good for kids. And one of the key things is when it's not your turn, you're supposed to fiddle with your building components and try to like set up your building in between turns. So that that's got that element to it that, um, I think is pretty good for, for, you know, the kind of the eight ish, eight to 10 ish range in general. Anything else? Do you want to, you'd mentioned stuff about games teacher value. I think we can Probably should keep moving. Yeah, it might be a whole other kids' corner segment we could dive into. Thinking about games that kind of fit with sort of what what you care about. You know, if they're games that that um, demonstrate you know the positive things, teamwork and yeah. and care care for others and respect and and those sorts of things that you sometimes see built into games that don't have violence as the core mechanic. <laughs> but uh, but Fortnite what, what is so you, fun. You know, I know. Well, I'm not saying those games are not fun. I love some of those games. Yeah. In some cases, the yeah, they're, they they you could maybe find games that fit in there, just like you might select certain books over others or certain comic books over others. Yeah. Uh, thinking about games that that have that property. Uh, how about stuff that you're going back to these days still? So obviously, as adult, as adults, we off we also have our own, you know gifts and things that we get to deal with, but deal with like it's a problem, <laughs> but it is a problem when you're talking about playing, trying <laughs> it's, to it's find time yeah, to play video games, which is exactly. not a hard problem. But, uh, what, what are you going back to on Apple arcade? Well, I think you've been playing a lot of this too, but, uh, dear reader keeps pulling me back in, you know, a, a, a level or t- well, they call them chapters, but yeah, a level or here to here and there has been really fun. I, I finally worked my way through the book flatland. Obviously, it's not the whole book, but you get a version of it. 
and I had at some point unlocked Alice in Wonderland, which is actually the first of these sort of classic literature ones the game has that I had read at some point in the past. Mm-hmm. I want to say middle school some time I read Alice in Wonderland and, and Through the Looking Glass. So it's it's fun seeing like, oh, this this passage sounds vaguely familiar. And, you know, I assume I'll get to the Jabberwocky at some point and, you know, remember my poetry recitations of the past. It, it makes me wonder, like, if it was a standalone game that was super popular, I we obviously have no idea, I guess, exactly how popular it is it, within the Apple Arcade. There's something we'll talk about with the top arcade games this week that Apple does talk about to promote a bit. But, um, you know, a, a new book coming out from whoever, Stephen King or, or whatever, you know, could pay for promotion, you'd think, in something like Dear Reader, where you get like a little preview of the book, uh, you know, a really interesting chapter or something or whatever that you get a preview of. And then uh, at the end, it'd be like, do you want to buy this now? We can send you right to Amazon or the Apple ebook store or whatever, and you could buy this book or whatever. And it's, I'm, the marketing nerd in me wonders if that would be a possibility, but I'm also really happy that because it's within Apple Arcade, probably that won't happen. Um, but it does kind of wonder, like you had mentioned too, arbitrary eBooks in our notes here of like where you could, they could add new stuff that's not necessarily like uh, out of copyright literature, but, and, or and I was comparing it to like building your own level kind of thing where you could plug in a book that you have or you've written or your friend has written maybe or whatever, um, or even just some like coaching <laughs> business management book or something. Right. Less. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're reading about productivity and you just really want to, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> move the words around and replace the letters and stuff. Like the, I'm reading James Clear's Atomic Habits. So like I could, I could handle like a dear reader version of that where I just like, it would reinforce what I'm supposed to be remembering from each chapter that I've just finished reading the full version of, but I get a dear reader version that helps me like, yeah, lock it in or whatever. Um, so I, I don't think that's going to ever happen, but, um, it is kind of funny to think of a game like this within the context of like, a other world building games that you have where you can do your own levels and they kind of give people developer almost level tools to like add more to the game um that being said they do seem fairly keen to keep adding more content to it so i don't think we're going to run out anytime soon but yeah presumably they have a team that is doing developer outreach combined with developers applying themselves They're, they're doing something to keep new games coming and to keep content coming to existing games but i would be curious sort of what else is going on i mean we may never know I think we've said before what's going on with the business model. You know, are, are games getting paid based on how much people, how much time people are spending in the game? How many downloads? Is it a flat rate? Is it based on you know a, some sort of schedule? Like, is this a small game or a large game? Okay, large games get this much, small games get this much, et cetera. Yeah, I I would love to have someone do some reporting on that, but we probably will never know because it's all in hush-hush contracts between Apple uh, uh, as a publisher and the developers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, um, and which brings us to the the conversation you had mentioned here too of like the, there is this sort of top arcade games this week in the Apple Arcade section of the App Store. And so for right now, as of today, when we're recording Hexaflip, Nightmare Farm, Super Impossible Road, Fledging Heroes, Grindstone, Bleak Sword, Lego Brawls, What the Golf Patterned, Frogger and Toy Town, etc. There's quite a few here. Um, are all presumably like it? You assume it's in some sort of order from most popular to least popular on this list. And like, um, I saw Dear Reader is in there as well. So obviously, some of the more the games we're playing are in there. Um, but they don't directly tell you what what makes a game the top arcade game this week if it's just downloads right 
playing. Like there's the sort of common uh, or the report that we've heard anyways from Netflix that like two minutes of a movie watched like the Irishman, which is three hours or whatever. Two minutes of that is counts as a view or whatever in their minds when they're cataloging some, some stats, at least as far as their marketing materials. So does Apple arcade use something similar where it's like you download the game and you load it up and you press play on the first level. That's a play. And so that's the metric we go by. So, um, I don't, like you said, I don't think we'll ever know that. Um, but I guess if somebody, I wonder what the NDA, like, <laughs> so dear reader, let's say at some point they're out of the contract for Apple arcade. And then there's some period past that where they are under, still under like non-disclosure to Apple. And then five years later, we can then hear <laughs> or whatever, what it was actually like, you know, to be a part of Apple arcade and have Phil Schiller emailing you or calling you at 2 a.m. to shout at you for not updating your game with new levels. Or well, and, and I, I noticed that a number of the games that are showing up in this list are the ones that are sort of small, digestible level-based games that keep adding levels. Or, or you, you know, So it seems like Grindstone and Hexaflip and Dear Reader and Patterned are ones where it does seem like the kind of game you would kind of open up, play for five, ten minutes, what the golf as well. Yeah. And then and close it down so you, you maybe are visiting those games regularly. You can kind of it's not the kind of story-based games that we were uh, like with Inmost, where you probably pick it up, play it through once, complete the story, and then discard it. Those aren't showing up in this top section. So that's what that what's that's what makes me think it's something about daily interactions or or time spent or something like that. Again, just speculation. Yeah, because something like, for example, um, Oceanhorn Two is a featured game right now. Um, right, first thing when you load up the Apple app. Apple Arcade mm-hmm. app, and you'd think just by nature of being right there, that would guarantee it almost like some measure of placement in the top games this week, but it doesn't, at least my quick scanning anyways, it doesn't show up in that list. Oh, no, sorry, it is in there, down closer to the bottom. So um, who knows? It's it's fun to speculate and, and kind of interesting um, to, to, to think about. Oh, <laughs> man, Doomsday Vault really wants to play even though all the audio, audio doesn't play, that one keeps popping on for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, which uh, we had a question, I think, on Twitter that uh, from King, at King Dog Dad, uh, listener Emmett uh, was asking about sort of just the value of, of playing Apple Arcade and subscribing. And I think, and whether it's worth it, and a uh, fellow friend and podcaster, Dave Rupert, had mentioned that over the last two months, he's played three or four, $4-ish games. So he thinks he's coming out ahead, no huge remorse in bailing on a game which is what we've kind of iterated on as well. Um, and you mentioned too in that same Twitter thread, fixed budget, less risk, no in-app purchase temptations. Um, and and so I think that's the biggest thing is it's just kind of like, it's nice. You don't have to, and if you decide to stop for two months, you can just stop. The games disappear from your phone and aren't playable. Or actually, I don't think they disappear. You just have, would have to, it would probably prompt you again to log in and sign up for Apple Arcade. Um, and then you just keep playing. So there's very little risk that way. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's some the the risk mitigation is something like I said on Twitter. I I really like about it is you know yeah it's a flat fee. You're not keeping anything, but of course any game you purchase is technically you're just licensing access to the game via your Apple ID. You're not really buying. Even when you buy a game on physical media, the physical media is just a token that gives you a license to the game. You know. Because yep. of the way copyright and whatnot works in uh, most countries, you're not really buying the thing. You're just getting access to it. And arcade is no different other than you have to pay every month to keep keep your access. Yeah. But along with that, you do get new games. So it's, yeah, it's the, 
that's an interesting trade-off. <laughs> the Switch, uh, we've already encountered the like, oh crap, where does that game uh, aspect of the physicalness of a Switch game being like tiny, like an SD card, if you've never seen a Switch mm. game. Um, uh, we borrowed some games from the library, which is nice, but then, yeah, one of the games got taken out and sort of fell into the carpet and just kind of was there and happened i happened to step on it last night and and just like this tiny little thing that could have easily gone up the vacuum um and uh, be gone so (laughs) there's something to be said for just like the digital cloud version especially when you've got kids and or carpets and vacuums (laughs) all at play yes apple arcade is vacuum proof yeah uh there's a tagline for them they can have that one for free the, yeah yeah the one game that uh, you mentioned uh, as far as for next week uh, the i can't we can't find a trailer that actually plays reliably other than my phone but that's not going to help us with um um yeah on this on the stream and on the podcast here but uh was doomsday vault it looks like a fun little platformer almost like sort of run around um the, the building for it is each earth climate has collapsed and your mission is to collect the precious remaining plant life and return it to the safety of the doomsday vault so it's post-apocalyptic kind of earth, but in cartoony graphic styles, it looks like and nice and colorful. Like many of the games seem to be on, um, you're controlling a little robot that goes around and collects resources. It looks like, and presumably puzzles of how to get to and fro in the world and get back safely. Uh, yeah. That kind of like a 3d platformer almost. And, uh, and we were, we were kind of speculating beforehand because it, it was announced that you got the notification that it was announced or came out today, but very little press in terms of what they've done publicly on Twitter, et cetera, and possibly due to what's happening in the world today with their this week anyways, with Iran, et cetera, and the U S and things going on that kind of like have prompted world war three tweets and things like that. So that maybe coming out with a doomsday game and promoting that heavily from Apple arcade is not really on the best interest. of. Yeah. I mean, even though it's about, I think it seems to be about the, you know, the climate and in particular, there's that, um, the seed vault in uh, Svalbard, uh, Norway, where like everyone is seeing the seeds of the plants that are dying out, so they're going to be frozen in the glacier or something, right? Which is a real thing. I, I feel like that's maybe what they're referencing. Uh, yeah, I can see the the tone of the the news cycle right now is such <laughs> that maybe you know, uh, no no one wants to to promote stuff that is about doom and gloom necessarily even though it looks like a a nice fun cartoony um it looks like it's only rated uh, nine plus so whatever uh, mechanics are in it are pretty uh, accessible yeah yeah so that's the one we'll be we'll be trying out this week as long as along with the other games we've been playing of course keep going back to and then i'll be fighting the urge to not devote the next three weeks of my life to uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild that just arrived in our home <laughs> as well. So it could be, we might have to pivot. I was thinking like pivoting from like just Apple Arcade to like video games, <laughs> which kind of is obviously the, where it that, all That is uh, dangerous for me because, uh, yeah, the, the Switch is, you know, kind of was always a background temptation, especially briefly. My son only just wanted to watch the um, Nintendo Labo videos oh yeah he just wanted to watch them build the thing like he didn't he didn't care about the games he just imagined build it i mean again he's a builder apparently he really just wanted to see the little cardboard constructions made yeah um <laughs> but uh, i don't think a switch is in my budget uh, this year as far as game game fun is considered maybe i'll have to borrow one from a from a coworker. i know a few of them have them 
Yeah, it feels like not to die. Well, we can, yeah. The, <laughs> it felt like at this point now, two years in, I think of the Switch's life that you'd think they'd be a little bit discounted or a little bit more available and used market even or whatever. And nothing like we've been sort of looking around, watching sales and stuff. And they don't even really put it on sale. Actually, you're the Amazon folks here in at least the Canada listing. There was like a, it was it lists for normally for $3.99. Sometimes you get it with a game. There's the new and the old Switch. So we wanted to get the new Switch which has better battery life and less issues of overheating apparently. And, uh, but it came with a $50 Amazon card included, which was the best deal we could find anywhere. The old game, the old model was selling with Mario, which was nice, but we didn't want the old model. So um, anyways, after all and said and done, Switch arrived two days after we ordered it and it's been great fun. But yeah, it's, it's, it still feels like odd to be spending twice as much as an Xbox or PlayStation for a device that's not as graphically as good. So the, the nerd in me is like kind of rebelling against that idea. And, uh, but it's definitely in terms of like the fun our kids are having with it and stuff like that. It's definitely revitalized things that way. Um, but it does create just one more device to fight over too. So we'll see if we made the right decision. Yeah. Do you have sort of uh, a display contention? Cause it seems like the switch resolves that a little by, having the same games be playable in in portable mode yeah it does and uh especially for our kids although like so the switch arrived and then also at the exact same moment uh so our two oldest do play fortnite sometimes and so at the exact same moment fortnite introduced a split screen mode on xbox and playstation 4 so mm. what we thought was going to be great as far as having a second screen for if they wanted to play together in Fortnite was kind of negated, although, you know, there's various reasons why it's still nice to have a second device for Fortniteing together. Um, and it does help with three kids to have the Switch even being able to play multiplayer on the Switch as opposed to typical portable devices in the past. You wouldn't really do any multiplayer uh you know, controller stuff with it. I was usually, mm-hmm. they're usually a one player mode only. And so having two joy, two sets of joy cons, or I don't know what the proper terminology is like left and right times two. <laughs> so four little mini joy cons, um, to control for that means you can set it up on the tabletop and they can both play together Mario Kart or whatever. Um, and while the other guys, someone else is playing on the Xbox or watching Netflix or whatever. So we're not a huge fan of like the, we really want the, like we're pushing for, play this thing together, have fun with it together. That's the kind of goal with it. But when a game like Breath of the Wild or Splatoon, actually they couldn't figure out the multiplayer aspects of it, um, comes along, then it's kind of like, well, we'll make do, I guess. Minecraft on the Xbox is always available and sort of figure out. <laughs> right, how to, how to take turns. and Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah. It's not like who's done the most chores this week or something. (laughs) Exactly. Another actually topic for the episode is, uh, or for future episodes, I think for, um, in terms of family controls, that's where like, um, screen time limitations, reporting, you know, all that kind of stuff that not, not NSA level reporting, but just like how much time has been spent on the switch. How much time do you want them to play on the Xbox? How much time have they spent on the iPhone and sort of each systems, um, control or reporting ability that they give to families, I think would be an interesting discussion now having, experience the switch stuff uh, i've never experienced playstation but otherwise you know i've sort of kind of walked through all other all the other platforms anyways that where there's any aspect of like ability to do that i guess um that'll be something we can discuss in the future as well so yeah that'd be interesting and i think um there's especially in sort of the edutainment app genre there's often additional parent dashboard 
kind of metrics mm-hmm. you can dive into and you know find out like oh they solved this many puzzles in this amount of time if you if you want to look into that we we could talk about that too yeah uh, in addition to the sort of system level uh, controls yeah yes so um, I think that's it for this episode I'm sure we went beyond our twenty five to thirty minutes ish but. That's okay. Yes, I, I lost track of time with the, uh, the wasted technical difficulties if we had getting <laughs> yeah. set up. <laughs> yeah, the stream has been going for Sorry an hour and a half, that. which I don't think is actually, we haven't been record, talking for an hour and a half, that's for sure. But um, anyways, thank you for listening to 25 Cents, the Apple Arcade podcast. You can find me on Twitter. I'm iChris. You can find me on Twitter and most everywhere else as Ultranerd. That's N-U-R-D. And you can find 25 cents wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, you can check out the goodstuff.fm Patreon. That's the support to support the podcast network that we're a part of at patreon.com slash goodstuff. And uh, we look forward to seeing and talking and playing Apple Arcade with you in the future. See ya. Bye.